guys so much for coming out. Really appreciate you being here. I'm gonna let you know really quick. We have one mic on the right, one mic on the left. If you would like to ask me any questions, please line up the mic while you're at the mic. Just kneel down a little bit so people still have a line of sight and can take pictures and videos as they see fit. And we're getting started a little bit late, so we're just gonna go ahead and get right into it. The trifecta, that is Nina. We have a Disney princess. Exactly, Gremlins. I don't know who. I'm sure. This is a, a prequel. Prequel? Pre pre prequel? Woo! Four hours of sleep. It's Saturday. It's the altitude, apparently. It makes pens explode, and my brain too. Um, it's a it's a prequel. Quill. Prequel. Prequel. Thank you. To uh, uh, the original movie, Gremlins. And uh, I play um, Fong. She's the mother of the character. You remember? I don't know the people who love Gremlins. The elderly gentleman, the Asian man who uh, gave the Mogwai to uh, the teenager. Uh, he's going to be now. It's his story of how he obtained Mogwai as a little boy. And I play the mom. Bring so. the fan of Gremlins before. I was a massive fan. Yes, yes. And then I went back to watch it again, and as a parent, you go, wow, that was really violent. It is violent. violent. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Violent it, was. it was really violent. It was the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And as you're also a super fan for Star Wars, and you got to walk onto the Mando set. What was that like? Oh. I, I, I cannot express to this day um, the, the sensation of having your childhood dream become a reality. You know, it's like the best experience that anyone can have, and I hope you all get to experience something close to that. It's, it's wonderful. You're experiencing it right now. Well, that's true. <laughs> I am here to provide you with that experience. Especially the Mulan fans, I know. Yeah. I think everyone is a Mulan fan. Everyone, yes. Everyone. So, um, yes, I am fulfilling your childhood dream by meeting the Princess Mulan. So, <laughs> <laughs> practice our beauty way of just really. Hello. Are we over on the right? I know people are kneeling down at the mic, so I just want to make sure I can see. Nobody? Left mic? Oh, sir. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Closer to the mic. Just get in there like a rock star. Well, that was hey, a good test. Can I hear you? Hi. Hi. Okay. So, so nervous. Aww. <laughs> Anyways, 
my question is kind of a two-parter is what's your favorite of the fandoms you did and what's your favorite Disney princess besides the one you play? Ooh. <laughs> um, uh, I really, really, really have to say Star Wars is still my ultimate fandom. Only because it, it gave me so much as a kid who was growing up um, in white suburbia, being Asian American, I never felt like I fit in, and, and um, my parents were in a restaurant, and so we were there a lot uh, growing up. Um, so, like a lot of my friends were like the waiters and the cooks, and it uh, it it was a form of escapism and and connection to these characters who also had big dreams, especially Luke Skywalker. And uh, so I think for me, Star Wars will always be a very special fandom. After the Disney Princess? Oh, Disney Princess. Oh, gosh. Uh, I love The Little Mermaid. I love Ariel. Yeah. Technically, yeah. it could be Leia now, because she's now a Disney Princess. <laughs> That's very true. It is, yeah. Thank you very much, and welcome to Denver. Thank you. Hi there. Yep, right here. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi there. So yeah, great coming through moments. This is awesome. So a uh, big question that I think will resonate with a lot of us. In the 90s, Mulan did a lot to really go against the trends as far as representation and empowerment. And I think we've seen there's a greater emphasis on that in these days, at least I hope there is. I know personally as a Latino, the success of Coco and Encanto mean a lot to me personally. I didn't see our stories represented as much growing up. So could you talk a little bit about, like, in my opinion, Mulan helped start paving the way for that. Can you, uh, can you just give me your thoughts about that? I mean, I was actually really surprised when this opportunity and the audition for Mulan came up. And um, because it, it was one of the first times, I think, that they were creating a, a Disney animation based on a, a completely um, different culture, I guess, um, and ethnicity. Um, and I think because Pam Coates and Barry Cook and um, Tom Bancroft uh, were so wonderful in um, making that story come true for all of us, you know, because it's, it's a very serious story, actually. And for them to Disneyfy it in a way where it still kept the core heart of it, um, but gave it a universal spin, um, you know, I think it, it did encourage Disney to want to expand their horizon and, and, and there's so many wonderful stories. And I love Coco, and I love Encanto. Um, I think not just because of its ethnicity, its cultural um, richness, right? The music, the, the colors, the food, the language, all of it. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a good thing, I think. We can all learn. Do you think it's 
it's ever going to come to light that early in her career, Bennett tried to hunt his sister. <laughs> you think Bennett has a sister? No, Bennett tried to hunt. Tried to hunt oh, hunt a sister. sister. Yeah. Ooh. That would be really in interesting. Back, yeah. Back, could be. Tried to hunt her. But you know, I mean, is Fennig second in power, second in position? <laughs> Let me just go back to that first question. <laughs> you know, uh, I think Fennig allows him to play the uh, the showman leader, but I feel like they're pretty equal. one episode in season one where I was supposed to die um, and then you know and then to come back for season two where I did die thanks to you guys I think seriously thanks to the fans as well as um, the fact that they wanted to bring both in and they thought it would be a really great um, way to have them be together uh, it was great, but you felt like, I felt like, you know, I was a guest at Mando's house. And then with the Book of Boba Fett, Ted and I got to be, you know, the owner of the palace. So, it was, it, that's like the minor difference. But um, ultimately, John Favreau and Dave Filoni made everyone feel um, welcomed and, and equal and that we're all important contributors to the stories so, and to the characters. Thank you. I love all your cosplays, man. Denver, like, you guys do it good. I'm looking at all the different amazing costumes. There's a high abundance of Star Wars. Yes. Yes. This is the way. <laughs> well, now I feel bad for not coming in Star Wars costumes. <laughs> but um, I just want to say Wonder that Woman's cool. You've always been you've always been such an inspiration to me. I think the first time that I watched Mulan, I was maybe five. And so what I wanted to ask you is, you've played a great plethora of iconic characters across your career, those who represent powerful, strong women. And I just wanted to know, what is the biggest shift over your career that you've seen in female representation, particularly Asian American representation, and that outlook in media? Oh boy, deep, you guys ask deep questions. I thought you were gonna ask like, oh, what did you eat on the set? <laughs> did you steal anything? Did I steal anything? <laughs> um, well, you know, it, that's a great question, or questions. One thing is, I think the studio started realizing that women heroines sell, and that, that uh, encouraged the studios to wanna create more stories based on that. You know, everyone from um, The Black Widow to uh, Wonder Woman, and it just, you know, the list goes on and on. So that's a good thing, because during the 80s, where I grew up, you know, it was about Rambo, it was about uh, Bruce Willis and Die Hard, it was about, 
It was about Sylvester Stallone, you know, all the men, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it was, it's great that there's some shift and there's a, a better balance. Um, but uh, as far as Asian Americans, I think Shang-Chi was a, a incredible. Yes, I wish I was in that too.
her. She's sort of my barometer of many things, and she keeps me very humble. Like one time I went to, I took her to uh, Shanghai with me because uh, they were having their first um, Comic-Con in Shanghai, and they invited me. And I was like, hey, Mom, you know, let's go to China, and then we could go visit the family afterwards. So she was still trying to figure out what I was going to Shanghai for. And I would explain to her, it's like for a convention, you know, I get to meet my fans, I get to sign autographs, and they take pictures with them, I get to meet them and talk to them. And she turns to me and she was like, who know you? <laughs> she didn't think that I would have any fans in China. You know, in America, okay. So um, that's going to be my biograph autobiography. You know, who know you? <laughs> Everything your mother says is a complete Yes, yeah, so she keeps me very humble. And um, um, one of the things was there was a lull in my career. Um, I was in between representations and I, and I realized that I had to make a minimum for my SAG in order to maintain my um, insurance, medical insurance. So <laughs> um, I was like, okay, I got to take something. So I got offered this movie by the same producers that did Sharknado, which is great, right? Sharknado is so much fun. But, you know, it's, it's like one of those kind of movies. But it, it helped to cover my minimum because I had kids. I had to worry about all that, the real stuff. And my girlfriend was like, don't worry, Ming. Nobody's ever going to see that movie. It's going to go straight to, like, video, da 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 Lo and behold, it's in Redbox. It's on Sci-Fi Channel. Like, it had a huge life. And, uh, and a lot of people apparently was watching it. Including my mom. <laughs> so she calls me up one day and she's like, Mina, Mina, I see movie. You star a movie. Very good. <laughs> and I'm like, um, what, she doesn't say this about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She doesn't say this about like a lot of the other stuff that I've done because she doesn't understand them at all. But this movie about a hurricane called Super Cyclone, she loved. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my mom. She loved, she loved me in Super Cyclone. Best mom ever. And hopefully it's about Super Cyclone. So everybody's going to be watching and watch. There's going to be a massive peak for Super Cyclone. Star Wars, right? Mandalorian, definitely. And then Boba Boba Fett. Um, Joy Luck Club. I, I love that was a very special and important movie in my life. Uh, I want to say As the World Turns only because I, I also made my best friend, my, my, my longtime best friend um, from that show. And uh, and I, got, and I got my husband from Joy Luck Club, so that's, that's important, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
those, those are pretty. Those are pretty much it. There's a lot. I mean, of course, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., duh. Yeah. Yeah, I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Made, made many, many friends, many, many memories. And I love playing, playing her. I miss playing her. Thank you. I like how you got her husband. I just gave you your husband for Toilet Club, and he was third on the list. <laughs> if you recorded that, unrecorded. Better than me saying that I would love to do something in a movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. <laughs> he hates it. He hates it when I mentioned Chris Hemsworth. So, I would like to be in a movie with Chris <laughs> And then you can join me and then it's not your fault. That's true. <laughs> do we have anybody on the right so I'm not missing anyone? Oh, get in there. Let's go. Because literally our puppeteers had to be inside the bantha, moving the tongues and, and generating all those, like the breathing. It's they're incredible, incredible people. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Um, mine's not necessarily a question, but it's kind of funny that you mentioned As the World Turns. <laughs> um, and I wanted to thank you. I actually met you when you were getting your makeup done for the Daytime Emmys, which is being held in the Pasadena Convention Center. Oh, I was And wrong. I recognized you from As the World Turns, and it was my grandma's favorite soap opera. Aww. And I just chit-chatting with you, and I asked you if you could just do an autograph, and you wrote this sweet note for Grandma Rose. And when I gave it to her, she thought, oh my god, my granddaughter knows a TV star. <laughs> So, thank you for being so sweet and doing that, because she really got a kick out of it. That's so awesome. So, well, thank you. to Grandma. Tequila. Hi. 
I know everyone is loving all the Disney questions, but in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., how, in the final couple of seasons, we saw a lot of action happen between the characters, between Coulson dying, and then... Again. And again. And again. And then having him kind of be as a robot, how hard was it to act with a person acting as a robot, acting as a person? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, Clark, he's, he's uh, very talented and, uh, you know, was able to find those nuances in, in the various Colsons. And then, I mean, I feel like all of us, you know, Ian, myself, um, we all, like when we went into the framework and, it, you know, we all had to play so many different characters and versions of the one character. But, um, yeah, it was great, you know, it's just, uh, no matter what, he would try to still put in some of the, um, the heart and soul, like even as a robot, and, and I think, you know, we were all thinking that way too. Like when I, I think I played a robot too, an LMD. Um, we, you know, we always try to still make sure that those characters, those, that they still kept some of that DNA of the original person. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> First off, <clears throat> my parents loved you in the Julian Club. The what? The Joy Love Club. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes. And um, since we were since we're still on the subject of Agents of Shield, what was it like working with the late great Bill Paxton on season one? Bill, Bill brought the party <laughs> every time, every day. He, he was such a wonderful, unique, special human being. You know, like like a kid, but with the most massive personality. Uh, it was just incredible. I mean, I grew up watching him in various movies. Oh, he did a Hurricane movie too. Speaking of films. <laughs> but um, he was just a real gem of a human being and so dedicated. I used to remember he was very worried about his articulation so he always had a cork in his mouth because that was a technique that he learned from some, some uh, acting coach to try to say his lines with a cork between his teeth. I'd never seen it before and it was the oddest thing just to watch him do it, but uh, he's quirky that way. But he always brought the party and just all heart. Yeah, I, I love you, Bill. Miss you. Fingers crossed we get Melinda May back in the MCU. Start a petition. Go for it. Yeah! Hi. Okay. So my question is, I have two kind of opposing questions. So the first one is, Mulan is kind of like a very big launch pad kind of film when it comes to um, yeah, like leading female characters or from presenting characters like, you know, Elsa and... Merida, sorry, I totally blanked. Um, and I was just wondering, how do you, how different do you think that the kind of Disney princess industry would be if Mulan did not exist? 
I, you know, those are such hard questions to try and answer. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to predict. You know, I always feel like Disney is constantly um, evolving and transforming, and so somewhere down the line, that would have been something that would have naturally happened anyway. And um, so, uh, I, 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 you know, it's hard for me to answer that question. So. <laughs> that's fair. Thank you. Um, and I my, just, oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> and my second question is, how do you as an actor deal mentally with that kind of lull that comes with being an actor of not necessarily having the next movie guaranteed and just kind of like, how does that affect you and how do you deal with that mentally? Um, I eat some pound cake, <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't. I think every actor feels like their the job that they're on is going to be their last job. It's uh, you know it's a very unpredictable gypsy life, and um, I think uh, you you pray for the best. You know, and then you're constantly looking and you're constantly reading and trying to find um, a project that you could get onto on the next one. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah, I eat pound cake. It's like excellent adulting. Yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah, yeah. So we only have time for one more question. So you, sir, no pressure, but it has to be really good. The first thing I remember seeing you in was Street Fighter the movie. Oh, I loved it and I thought this actress is amazing and has charm and is very talented and I hope her career blows up. Wow, I think that it has. Can you tell us about your experience of being on that set and working with Raul Julia? Another another blessing. Seriously, the late Raul Julia. Uh, uh, again, another charming, uh, gracious, you know, full of, just bigger than life. He was doing it for his kids um, because he knew he was ill. And uh, he kept it from us, but you know, we could tell physically that he wasn't his usual robust self. And I, I have been a huge fan of Raul Julia. Um, so it was an absolute joy. And, and I'm so happy that, what, 20 some years later, we still have that iconic, for me it was Tuesday. You know, I, I still love that, that there is a moment between the two of us that is everlasting. And um, he, yeah, he did it for his kids. It, it was, uh, they loved Street Fighter, and so that was his goal. And he, he achieved it. Thank you. Yes. Way to deliver on that last question, I appreciate it. If you've liked what you've heard, check out some of our other shows like No Applause, Just the Clap, Damn, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, Nerd Vomit, and I Hate Kathy Hammond. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Play, or www.bacnpodcast.com. Oh, yeah.